My journey's just beginning. It would be amazing one day to be able to say I'm the person to cure ALS. I just think that I can use my voice to help others who might feel, you know, like they can't. Your life will be so much easier not having to stress about trying to hide something. That's a part of you. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Mulholland. Welcome to The Upbeat, a podcast about hope and perseverance. Our guests today are sure to leave your heart a little lighter, knowing that the future of our world is in the hands of a generation of amazing young people. On today's podcast, we'll be talking to a few of our 2022 Kelly's Angels Scholars. Each year, Kelly's Angels awards scholarships to graduating seniors at eight high schools in New York's capital region. We honor students who have overcome significant adversity and shown a commitment to helping others. This year, we recognized 16 remarkable young adults with $24,000 in scholarships, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. The graduates we've selected have overcome some very difficult situations. Some have faced the death of a parent, others are dealing with a chronic health battle, and others had to step up to work and help with some family responsibilities during tough times. Still others rose above racism, sexism, or domestic abuse, and each of them pushed through, worked hard in the classroom, gave back to their communities, and are now headed to college. Kelly's Angels was honored to present $1,500 scholarships to the following people. From Glens Falls High School in Glens Falls, New York, Sierra Ramsey and Jack Bordeaux. Hoosick Valley High School, Rachel Doty Snay and Jordan Barton. From Queensbury High School, Jordan Conine and Lucas Chenier. Saratoga Central Catholic School, Thalia Garneri and Daniel Mantia. Saratoga Springs High School in Saratoga Springs, New York, Sarah Maslack and Quinn Reagan. From South Glens Falls High School, Emily Goodsell and Nathan Delancey. From Stillwater High School, Lauren Zazaro and Ty Suricon. From Whitehall High School, Kylie Covey and Tristan Briggs Little. Congratulations to all of them and we wish them all the very best as they begin a new chapter in their lives this fall. I was fortunate to be able to talk with three of this year's scholars, Quinn Reagan and Sarah Maslack from Saratoga Springs High School and Nathan Delancey from Southlands Falls High School. We'll begin my conversation with Quinn. My name is Quinn Reagan. I actually just graduated at Saratoga Springs High School. And this upcoming year, I will be studying uh, molecular and cellular neuroscience at Florida State in Tallahassee. And I want to go in a pre-medical route uh, because of my family experiences with my father being diagnosed with ALS when I was about a quarter of the height I am now. So that's really what inspired me to kind of take this path and really push me to where I am today. Tell me about that. How old were you when your dad was diagnosed? I would say I was two or three. And then he passed away in second grade when I was around seven or eight. And uh, you at that time, did you realize when you were seven or eight, is that when you first decided you wanted to pursue a medical path? Uh, not really. It wasn't until I started volunteering with uh, St. Peter's ALS Center. And I really saw the amazing work uh, that they do and they, how they helped our family and other families going through these difficult circumstances. And I realized that's the path I want to take. I want to go for neuro and kind of do what they did to us and help people just like they helped us. Tell me about that volunteering. So ever since my father passed, I have worked with um, St. Peter's Center. I've been a guest speaker, a, just pretty much anything I can do. I've sold raffle tickets. I've helped organize a virtual fundraiser when our uh, yearly tradition was stopped due to COVID. 
So we have a yearly walk called the Walk to Strike Out ALS, just local in Saratoga. It's actually at um, the state park. And when I heard that it wasn't going to be continued due to COVID, I kind of stepped in with a few others from the team and we created a virtual walk, as we called it, with an online raffle and a video to go along that they would watch before and after their walk to kind of continue tradition because I didn't want to see it end along with so many other great things due to COVID. Why is it so important to you? When why why obviously you have the personal connection, but some people might say, especially some young people might say, well, this was an awful circumstance that my dad was dealt, that our family was dealt. I don't want to, I don't want to think about it anymore. Well, I, I like to think about it because it's ultimately what I want to do in my future. And when I was younger, the people I met at these walks, I would go every year. They served as sort of a support group. Mm-hmm. It, it really made me feel like I wasn't alone going through this battle. And it was great to have that kind of system that could help you out, care for you, and pretty much has been through what you've been through. So kind of a sense of you're not alone. Quinn, you've chosen to pursue the medical field. Uh, You lost your dad to ALS. Have you thought about what it might be like to ultimately find a cure to ALS? That's definitely a lofty goal, but it's not one I haven't overlooked. And I would absolutely be thrilled to be the one to say I found the cure for it. Well, it might be years out. I hope I can do what I can to help in that process because I definitely plan on partaking in undergraduate research at FSU as my primary like activity there. So I definitely have thought about it and it would be amazing one day to be able to say I'm the person to cure ALS. Tell me how you're doing and your family's doing. It's been how many years since you lost your dad? 10 years. It's been 10 years. So we're doing good. My mom's a little upset that my brother's going up. He's up at Buffalo and I'm going to be going far away. She'll have the house to herself. She doesn't know how to feel about that, but we've survived. We've kept pushing forward, done a lot with ALS and We'll never forget, obviously, and he'll always be in our hearts, but we just do what we can. That's terrific. And you're, you've been involved in other, many other activities other than uh, in support of ALS. What, what else do you do? Uh, I was on the varsity tennis team for our high school. I would have loved to continue D1, but honestly, I'm not that good. So, <laughs> so there's that. I also, I play the piano and I've played my whole life. We started out right before my father got sick. He bought a grand piano at a garage sale that my mom was not thrilled about. That's for sure. But it kind of um, ended up as a way to bond with my father because he had plans to learn before he um, was struck with the diagnosis and unable to play anymore. So we kind of played for him in a sense. And he would like tell us what songs to learn. And he would be able to listen from the other room as we practice and kind of fulfilled his dream of playing the piano. And that's particularly difficult about the disease that your dad was struck with, is it not? He was probably very vital and very active until ALS stripped him of that. He was. He played rugby in college. He was very active, big runner. He he was a big guy as well. And so it's kind of like the worst thing in a sense that could have happened to him, being unable to do what he loves to do most. In your scholarship essay, you wrote uh, about losing your father. And one sentence in particular, you wrote, I watched as my once strong, independent father became unable to live without the aid of machinery until he lost his life at the age of 46. I was just seven years old. Um, Do you think your dad is proud of you every time you volunteer uh, in support of ALS? I really do. I think that that's exactly what he would want us to do to kind of since he experienced firsthand, unfortunately, what the disease can do. I think he would really want us to help others so they don't have to suffer through the same thing he did because he 
truly knows how terrible it is. Um, it, to tell you a little bit and our listeners a little bit about Kelly's Angels, uh, we started it in memory of my wife, Kelly, who passed away at the age of 37. Our children, Connor and McKenna, were seven and five years old at the time. And one of the most difficult parts for McKenna, who was five, she doesn't have a lot of memories. So we have some videos that we show and that we share of Kelly uh, from when she was very young, very small. Um, what do you remember of your dad? Do you remember you were very young as well? My image of my dad is he was always in a wheelchair for everything I can remember, but that didn't stop us from having a bond. I remember he would actually, we would drag along the back of his wheelchair and he would kind of drag us around the living room. I remember that vividly. I remember coming home from school. He had an eye gaze device where if you're unfamiliar, he would kind of blink and it would read where his eyes are looking. And it would take like hours to write out these sentences. But coming home from school every day, he would have them like particularly planned out. So he could kind of just click a preset and ask, how was your day? And then what did you do at this class? And then this class. So he spent the whole day to kind of get ready for us to come home to talk about it. I remember we've, of, we've often talked in this space about how uh, people keep loved ones' memories alive. Do you have a, a way you'd like to share that you uh, always remember your dad or your family does? Do you do you do anything in particular to keep his memory alive? Um, every year we go out for breakfast, which we would call a power breakfast on, like, say, my parents' anniversary and the anniversary of his passing. So that's something our family does. And I would really say volunteering and working with the ALS Center is something we do to keep his memory alive. Uh, at the walk I talked about previously that I helped set up the virtual, the, uh, the way it's run is you are part of a different team. And our team is Team Rags for Reagan, which was his nickname in college on his rugby team. So we walk in honor of Team Rags every year. And uh, what advice do you have? How did you, how did you guys cope when you were just seven years old? Uh, for example, Connor and McKenna, we had some, some grief counseling that they participated in. Did you do any of that? And if so, or if not, what advice would you have for others who might be going through something similar? So I did do grief counseling when I was really young, only for about a year or so. But the main advice I would give is, it may sound simple, but find your people, like the people who can help you, the people who are there for you. It's really important to have a strong support group because no one can go through these terrible things, circumstances alone. You really need a nice group to show your love, show that people are there for you. And for me, that was my family, my friends, and of course, St. Peter's ILS Center and the people I would meet at these walks. What are your feelings about having been selected as a Kelly's Angel Scholar? I've told you a little bit about the organization, and I and I want to congratulate you on being chosen as a Kelly's Angel Scholar. It was a it was a no brainer for our board, and uh, we're we're delighted to to provide you with that. But what are your feelings about it? I'm honestly just really thankful because it's really helping make my dream come true. And per, I will be paying for college 100 on my own dime. I've been working at Chianti, a restaurant downtown, for three years now, pretty much as soon as I could get a job, I had it and was working to eventually be paying for this. And med school in a few years, as everything goes to plan, is not cheap as well. So I'm just, it really, it means the world to me. And I'm just very thankful for all the help I can get on this journey. Quinn, you're a remarkable young man. Thank you very much for, for spending some time with us. Is there anything at all you'd like to add about, uh, you mentioned it, you called it your journey. Anything at all you'd like to mention? I would like, to, uh, well, my journey is just beginning to say graduating high school, even though I felt like I really just got there, I was only there for my freshman year and a little bit of my sophomore year. 
And then my senior year, I only had one class because I was doing a medical shadowing program. So I didn't really have the full high school experience. So I'm ready for the actual college experience and then medical school experience and then life experience. There's the journey is just beginning in a sense. Excellent. Well, good luck to you. I appreciate your time and uh, uh, go Seminoles, right? Go Seminoles. Yes. All right. Thanks, Quinn. Well done. We're going to take a quick break to thank our underwriters. When we come back, we'll hear from two other Kelly's Angels scholarship winners, Sarah Maslack and Nathan Delancey. Stay with us. Support for Kelly's Angels comes from the students and faculty at South Queens Falls High School in upstate New York who hold a 24-hour marathon dance each year to benefit local charities. Kelly's Angels is proud to be among the beneficiaries of the 2022 South High Marathon Dance. We are grateful for their generosity and kindness. And from Noble Ace Hardware in South Glens Falls, New York, which offers competitive pricing and high quality products for just about anything you need. For more than 30 years, the team at Noble Ace has delivered on its promise to be the most helpful hardware store in town by providing excellent customer service that exceeds expectations and reflects family values during each and every visit. Now back to my dad's interview. Welcome back to the Upbeat Podcast. I'm talking with 2022 Kelly's Angels scholars who have not only persevered through adversity and done well in the classroom, but have demonstrated a commitment to helping others in their communities. I'm joined now by Saratoga Springs High School graduate, Sarah Maslack. Sarah, thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Well, congratulations on your upcoming graduation, which is uh, just a couple of days away now as we record this. Where are you going to college and uh, what will you be studying in the fall? Um, so I'm going to the University of Buffalo and I'm going to be studying biomedical sciences there. But um, the fall of 2023, I'm actually going to be transferring to Cornell and I'm going to be majoring and staying the rest of my three years there and majoring in um, human biology, health and society. So how did that happen? How did you choose a college for one year and then the, the next college for the next three years? Well, Cornell had uh, told me that I had gotten in, but they said they didn't really have room for me this year, but they would still love for me to come. So they gave me this transfer option. So they're like, hey, listen, we just we want you, but we can't take you this year. Go to one college for one year and, you know, we'll take you uh, for the fall of 2023. So that's that was my plan to go to University of Buffalo and then transfer right over to Cornell. Awesome. Is there any chance you're going to fall in love with UB and stay there? Or? Oh, that was a worry. I am kind of very, you know, trying to go right to Cornell. Um, very focused. Yes. Um, but uh, I don't know. It could happen. You seem, you seem very focused. You're a very good student. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit. About, don't be shy either. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about uh, feel free to brag. I play field hockey. I've played field hockey for about six years now. It's kind of been my number one sport. Um, I love to ski. I'm a big, uh, you know, freestyle skier, but I have been alpine skiing for the past, I think, five years for the the Saratoga Springs high school team. Um, My family is also very big on skiing, so I kind of just picked it up from them. Um, let's see what else. I was adopted at three years old, um, from Jiangxi, China. And when I came over, I had, you know, I had a lot of uh, health issues that I had to get through. And on top of that, I had mainly been speaking Chinese or Mandarin. So kind of 
transitioning into a very like all like being immersed in kind of all English. I had to kind of learn it pretty quickly, which was it was hard. Um, and kind of growing up in the South also, um, I grew up in North Carolina for the first about five years. And it was kind of hard because, you know, everyone around me looked very different, of course. And, you know, my sister was the only one who kind of looked similar to me. So it was like, it was hard. Um, but my sister and I got through it kind of just as a support system. And of course, my parents and my brother helped along the way too. And you are a Kelly's Angels Scholar because we, one of the requirements to be a Kelly's Angel Scholar is that you have persevered in, this, in the face of adversity, and you certainly have. Um, so you were, uh, you, were, you were born in China, and tell me about that. Orphanages are very big and very heavily populated, are they not, in China? Yes. And why is that? Well, that was because of the one child policy that they had, you know, and it was very, you know, they wanted really only boys because, you know, they could do the labor, they could work more, they were, you know, deemed as superior. Um, so my parents had dropped me off at the orphanage or the step of the or steps of the orphanage kind of to try to give me a better life. And well, my parents did give me a better life by adopting me. And the orphanages there were very dirty. Um, my mom actually told me a story about when she walked into one of them. We were all tied down because they didn't want any kids to get up or crawl out or fall and, you know, kill themselves. So it was actually tied down, physically tied down yes. like you would an animal. Yes. So, yeah, wrist. And it was it wasn't super, super tight, but it was kind of where you can't, you know, climb out. But yes. Um, how was it difficult? You mentioned that um, not a lot of people looked like looked like you, especially when you were in the in the South. What was it like to learn uh, English? Was that difficult at first? It it was, um, especially I've moved around about three times. So you know the the South has its own kind of dialect. It's a lot of ma'am, sir. Um, there's also y'all and, you know, there's just different ways of saying things versus kind of more in the north upstate New York. It's you don't hear y'all or ma'am or sir a lot unless you're like talking to someone you don't know. So it's kind of like transitioning. I was always kind of learning like different kind of uh, versions of English, I guess, and learning it at first in the north or not the north, the south was a little bit hard because um, there was a little bit of accents and it was hard for me to hear my mom and dad who are have very like, you know, upstate New York accents versus very like southern accents. So it was kind of hard, you know, transferring home and then going to school and hearing, you know, people say things differently. So it was a bit confusing for me. I understand you're a big reader, though, and that helped. Yes. Yes, I was. Um, my mom also loved to read to me. My sister and I, we were kind of, uh, we would kind of go back and forth reading, kind of practicing our English. I mean, hers was a little bit better because she was adopted at a younger age. So it was kind of that sibling bond, though, too, of kind of teaching each other things, which also helped me along the way. And what uh, what activities, you mentioned it before, but what activities were you involved in in high school? Um, I was involved in field hockey um, and I did alpine skiing for about six years. And I was recently on the field hockey team, um, varsity. I've been on varsity since my junior year. 
And I absolutely love both sports. I mean, I kind of grew up with skiing, so that's always been something, you know, near and dear to my heart. Um, But field hockey is something kind of I picked up, you know, when I was a little bit younger and like all my friends who are going. So it's kind of just something I wanted to try and ended up loving it. And one activity you were involved in was uh, work to increase awareness of domestic violence. How'd you get involved in that? Yes. So during COVID, I had read a statistic that said that there was about a 300 percent increase in calls of like domestic violence. And you know, during COVID, I didn't really have anything to do and I wanted to help the community. And when I saw, you know, when I read this, I was absolutely devastated. So I kind of, you know, looked all over town to try to see what I could do. And then I ran into kind of the organization Wellspring and I had contacted the director, um, Maggie Frank, and I had said, hey, like, I really would like to help. Is there any way I can help? Like, donate money, donate products? Like, what can I do? And she had gone back to me about um, saying, like, they desperately needed these products. So that's kind of where I got the idea. Um, I had some of my family members help me kind of spread the word. Um, and then we had a ton of people come together in the community and donate a ton of stuff. I think we raised around worth of products, which was absolutely amazing. And you also helped win a grant too, correct? Yes. Yes. So I had organized all the products into like an Excel sheet, um, just kind of to keep myself organized. I didn't think it would help them at all, but I had mentioned it one day to the director and she was like, Oh my goodness, like we can use your Excel sheet to, you know, apply for a grant for the government. And I sent it off and they were able to get the three, like $3,000 more in a grant. And I just, I was very excited that I could do that for them, you know. Good for you. And congratulations. That's, that's great work. Um, In your essay, you wrote, uh, the obstacles I've overcome have transformed me from a traumatized orphan into a confident Chinese American I intend to use my dexterity to advocate for the voiceless and myself. Tell me about that. What do you mean by that? Well, I think I mean that, you know, when I first came to America, I I was very, very angry. Um, My mom had told me a lot of stories about me kind of, you know, I'd say no, I'd yell at them, you know, I'd do all these things and you know, she had seen it as kind of more of a, you know, defense mechanism of being in such a rough place in the beginning. And I think I've grown so much, you know, because of my family, because of the people I'm around into the kind of my, my confident self, you know, who I am today, like being confident in being a Chinese American, being Chinese, having, you know, my culture, you know, being able to learn more about it and also incorporating my American culture with it. So I think that was a big part. And my voice, you know, I have never been great at speaking um, in the beginning, at least. And you're doing now, you're doing very well here. I should tell you thank that. You. Sarah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And now that I have a voice and now that I can speak more fluently and, you know, more sophisticatedly, I I just think that I can use my voice to help others who might feel, you know, like they can't or they can't like, you know, put words together or in the right way. So what advice do you have for other teens or other adults even who may be facing adversity as you did when when you were small? What, what, what do you tell people? 
Um, two things, I think. One is to talk to people, you know, I mean, not just anyone, of course. Talk to people you trust. Talk to anyone who you feel comfortable enough to because keeping uh, keeping it all in, it, it just, it builds up and it, all it does is makes you feel miserable and, you know, awful. And the second thing would be confident in everything you do. Like, you know, don't hesitate. Um, obviously be respectful toward people when you do things, but, you know, be confident. <laughs> you told us that you're heading off to University of Buffalo UB for one year and then going on to Cornell. What are you most excited about as you as you start college in the fall? Um, <laughs> I, I think I'm ready for the new opportunities it'll bring. Um, you know, I have loved my time at Saratoga Springs High School but I think I am ready for kind of more of a challenge academically and kind of a different social environment. What is the ultimate goal? Where will you be in five years, 10 years? I think I will be somewhere in the medical field. I don't know specifically where. Um, all I know is I've always wanted to help people like, like all, like in the beginning, all the people who have helped me. So kind of just giving back in that way. Sarah, is there anything you'd like to add about your particular situation and what others might learn from it? Uh, I think when you're faced with adversity, I think um, don't take it personally. I think that's a really big part of kind of where, you know, what I've learned is I sometimes you take things a little too personally and it it shows and it's not, it's not great <laughs> because, um, yeah, I, <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. Sorry. No, I mean, but, but that's great advice because I guess when you were little, you did, you, you said you were angry and, and yeah. that's because you were internalizing the situation, correct? Right. Yes. And people will use it against you. I think even nowadays, if, you know, if you get a little too angry about something, it's, you know, just, kind of keep a cool collective head and, you know, persevere through it, you know, fight the fights you want to fight. Don't fight every fight though. <laughs> That's as my mom pick, says. Pick pick your battles, right? Pick your battles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Sarah, you are a, a 2022 Kelly's Angels scholar. Uh, you were chosen based on uh, the ability to overcome adversity, to persevere, uh, the ability to help others. Uh, being hardworking, not necessarily the highest achieving, though I understand you're quite high achieving, but uh, being hardworking. Um, what's it mean to you? What was what did it mean to you when you found out that you're a, a Kelly's Angels scholar? Uh, well, it meant a lot because, you know, it, it meant that all my hard work and um, all my perseverance through adversity, you know, meant something and um, got me somewhere. Because, I mean, when you're going through it, like during, like during the, I don't know, hardship, you never think, you know, oh, this is going to land me somewhere great. You know, you just are just stuck in it. And I think it's really great that I was able to kind of overcome it and then get to where I am now. And also, I think specifically, both of my closest, you know, aunts both had breast cancer and, um, they've become, they, they, they overcame it, but it, it's, it's so, you know, a great to like 
have them, but like, it's also, you know, I know that a lot of people, you know, aren't able to have these people still in their lives. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, organizations like yours are here to help them and guide them through, you know, those hardships because it's not easy. It's, it's not. Sarah, you're awesome. Thank you. Well done. Sarah Maslach, uh, 2022 Kelly's Angel Scholar from Saratoga Springs, New York. Say, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm joined now by South Glens Falls High School graduate, Nathan Delancey. His friends call him Nate. Nate, welcome to The Upbeat. Good. Thank you for having me. Well, congratulations on being a Kelly's Angel Scholar. Would you uh, let us know where you're headed to college and what you hope to study? I'll be heading to Marist College next year. I'm doing a biology program, and I hope to join their PA program eventually. Awesome. You'd like to be a PA. Yes. Why? Um, helping people has always been something I love. I'm a type 1 diabetic, and going into the field of medicine, knowing I can help other people has always been something I've been wanting to do. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Um, so I have two younger brothers, um, Jaden and Josh. I absolutely love them to death. Uh, we are closer than close can be. And I live with both of my parents and um, family is just a huge aspect in my life. And being able to live with all of them is honestly a blessing since not many kids can say that these days. And it honestly, it's, it's truly a blessing to be able to be so close with all my family members. And how old are Jaden and Josh? Um, Jaden is 12 and Josh is 16. So not many people can say that either. Not, not many 17, 18 year olds can say they absolutely love their 12 and 16 year old brothers, but you guys get along. Oh, um, well, every sibling has their moments, but for the majority, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, tell me about some of the activities you've been involved in in high school. Um, I have ooh, a lot. Uh, the South High Marathon Dance has probably been my favorite part. I've actually been, I've been, I'm in the opposite chair now. I was interviewing you beforehand for uh, this year's marathon dance. That, and, um, that's right. Uh, Kelly's Angels uh, was a recipient of the South High Marathon Dance, which is held in South Glens Falls, New York, which is one of the largest. We have to keep in mind that, that it's not just people around here who hear this podcast, but um, which is one of the largest student driven fundraisers in the country, raising nearly $10 million since its existence to help local charities and local people battling illness. Uh, including Kelly's Angels. Kelly's Angels has been a recipient a couple of times now. Um, tell me more about that, though, from your involvement. Why was it important for you to get involved in that? Um, community is always like, same thing with family. Just being able to help people has always been a huge aspect. And seeing how it truly does impact our community is like eye-opening. Because um, having friends and family that have been recipients of the years, seeing how like much the school actually does help them is just, it's amazing. Um, you used the term journey to self-acceptance in your scholarship essay. Okay. Tell me about that. Um, so being a type one diabetic has always been like, I know I've been like a little different, like, cause I have to do little steps just to get there. And I've always had a hard time just like not wanting to be viewed as different. And I, it took a while, I'd say probably up until now, it finally took me what 17 years of my life to feel like, okay, it doesn't matter what other people think and just be who you are. So you're, because of that, you're doing, uh, you're probably getting shots or maybe taking oral medication. Um, you're, uh, you have to have a different diet than your peers. So is, was it those things? Was it, was well, yeah, definitely the like medication portion? Cause I would, would have to give myself shots or have my insulin pump out and I'd have kids constantly questioning what it is, if it's a phone or something. 
And I always be like kind of hesitant to explain it to them, but like compared to now where I'm more than happy to explain to people, just spread awareness of the disease because it's becoming more popular, not popular, but common among teens. But for a young kid having to explain that and not wanting to feel different can be a challenge, right? Yeah, I was actually diagnosed uh, one week after my first birthday. So it's been my entire life. And while most people say it's easier to have it when you're younger, it still is a little difficult because nobody wants to be viewed as different. You don't want to be the outcast or the weird kid. And it's always been something because like you always want to try to fit in as like a teenager, like expectations in high school are a little rough, but people, kids are super nice now. Like you would in that regard though, in that regard though, what, what, what advice do you have for others who might be feeling awkward because they have to go through some of the things you went through? Um, definitely the earlier you break out of your shell, the easier life will be. Um, trying to hide the things is just a whole nother stressor or a task that you have to carry on your back going to school and back home. And once you're able just to accept it is what it is and it's not going to go away, your life will be so much easier not having to stress about trying to hide something. That's a part of you. Not always easy though, right? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it, it's... I'm guessing it's it's nice to be able to look back and say, hey, you got through it, you survived it. But I'm sure there were times where you felt like uh, you wanted to crawl into a hole because you were different. Yes, absolutely. Uh, COVID was definitely a hard time. Just not being around anyone, it's, it's easy to seclude back. And then going back to school was where all my friends were constantly be asking how I was doing and if my like blood sugar and stuff would be okay. And that was just nice to see, like knowing people actually did really care about it and putting like your health at first. I want to touch on a a quote uh, in your essay and ask you about it. You wrote, remaining kind and respectful can go a long way as we just never know how someone is feeling at any given moment. What did you mean there? Um, At my job, I currently work at Moe's down in Saratoga. I've had numerous customers always just make little kind remarks to me and I could be having like a really rough day and just knowing to go home and having those thoughts, like people, random strangers just saying things to you. And cause like the food service industry can be a little, <laughs> yeah, people that could be rude, not knowing how it's going, but the ones that are super respectful, just giving you nice compliments and stuff. It really does make a huge impact on your mood and just going home, brighten up the day, knowing the next day there's probably going to be more. You're a generally upbeat person. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I'm guessing that will serve you well as a PA. Have, have you considered that? Uh, yeah. Um, being a PA has probably been my dream since seventh grade. Um, I know I've always wanted to help people. And the more and more I've actually broken out of my shell, I've been more like enthusiastic and showing that I want to actually help people. And um, I actually didn't. Sorry. Um, I did the new visions program this year where I was able to go into the hospital and actually see patients. And that definitely solidified that I wanted to be a PA and just seeing what the medical professionals do today, helping the people and seeing how their patients like faces light up as you walk into the room. It's just something I've, like, I want to be that light in somebody's day. That's awesome. And your math teacher, Mrs. Mann, um, wrote a letter of recommendation for you. And she writes, uh, the words that come to mind when I think of Nathan Delancey include responsible, mature, sincere, motivated, kind, dedicated, and intelligent. I think we should all aspire to half of those, Nate. 
Um, after having talked to you today, I think Mrs. Mann was was dead on. Um, how does that make you feel when you hear a teacher say that about you? Um, it really just brightens my day up. I absolutely love Mrs. Mann to death. She is um, she was one of the teachers I had for chemistry when an AP bio during COVID, and I did struggle during that time trying to stay motivated through that. And she was definitely my rock during that time, keeping me motivated and making sure I kept my work in on time. And just knowing that going to school and having another person there that really, truly does care for you is just amazing. Isn't it all about that, finding that network of, of people, the, the people who can help you? And uh, Mrs. Mann, I should point out, was your science teacher, not your math teacher, right? <laughs> She, we, we wouldn't want Mrs. Mann angry at us. Um, so you're aware probably that the Kelly's Angels Scholarship, of which you have been named one, uh, a recipient of, it goes to students who have persevered through adversity, students ha- who have helped others uh, in the children, particular, others in the community, particularly children. What did it mean to you to find out that you were a Kelly's Angels Scholar? Um, it was absolutely amazing just finding out like helping with college and stuff, but knowing that the organization chose me out of all the applications, it's just uh, astonishing. Excellent. Nathan, is there anything else that that you'd like to add that we haven't talked about as it relates to how you've persevered and and gone on to accomplish what you've accomplished? Um, I definitely like to say like um, in my essay, I did write about one of my friends that did end up passing away from uh, non-Hopkins lymphoma, um, Kylie. Um, that was back in 2018, around my freshman year. And losing somebody is definitely hard, but if you find someone like a good support group, you will be able to go through it. Parents, friends, neighbors, anyone in your community. Um, finding your rock or support network is definitely a huge part of coping through like such a massive loss. How did you get by in the early days after she passed? Um, I definitely secluded myself the first couple of days and just kind of didn't want to be around anyone. Since she is my next door neighbor, actually, her parents still there and her um, older sister and younger brother. And it was hard every single time you would walk by knowing that someone's not there. But um, having my parents, their family and um, all of my friends, knowing how hard it hit me, um, just, again, having a support network really allowed me just to come back to life afterwards. Nate Delancey, you're an impressive young man. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Nate, Nathan Delancey, a Kelly's Angel Scholar from South Glens Falls High School in South Glens Falls, New York. Thank you. And good luck at Marist. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and thanks to all of you who are listening. Please let us know what you thought by leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This marks our final episode of season two of The Upbeat. We'll be back in the fall with more stories of hope and perseverance. If you have a topic you'd like to hear about or would like to share your story with us, please get in touch with us at kellysangelsinc at gmail.com. I'm Mark Mulholland. Until next time, stay on The Upbeat. If you enjoy The Upbeat, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have topics you'd like us to cover on The Upbeat, please send your ideas to theupbeatpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. On behalf of the volunteer board of Kelly's Angels and the families we help who are facing life-threatening conditions, thank you for listening to The Upbeat. Nice job, McKenna Rose. Thanks, Dad. You too.